The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media, and our guest today is Lee Ann Carlson. She is the founder of Lauren's Hope Medical ID and her daughter, Lauren Carlson. And she's here to talk with us a little bit later about what it's like to work for mom. Uh, But Lee Ann grew a part-time jewelry-making business really into an international sensation. And today we're going to find out how. And we're very excited to have Leanne on because she's also one of our class of 2014 25 under 25 winners and she was also just on the October issue of our cover was it October we were yes yeah. it was great so welcome glad to have you here today and let even more people know about your story um, you know I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and they all obviously have very different stories but there's about a handful of common or similar ways they got into business. And I, I would put you into the you saw a need or heard about a problem category and decided to do something about it. That's right. Okay, so tell us about that. You bet. Um, we made our first medical ID bracelet for a teenage girl with diabetes. And she was new to the Kansas City area, which meant she didn't have a lot of friends that had grown up with her that knew about her diagnosis. And she was teenage, so she wasn't uh, too enthused about telling her new friends that mm-hmm. she was dealing with this medical condition. So her mom was concerned because Lauren was at that age where she was starting to go to the movies with her friends or have sleepovers mm-hmm. with these new kids, and um, none of these people knew about her diagnosis. And so her mother would go to the drugstore and buy the bracelet that you would normally find on the peg in the drugstore, sure. but that wasn't nearly nice-looking enough to suit this little fashionista. So she would throw it away <laughs> or lose it or something unfortunate would happen to Oops, it. There it went down the drain. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So the end result was Lauren was not wearing any kind of medical ID. Mm -hmm. So um, part of what we did was make mother's bracelets, which was just a type of beaded jewelry. And Lauren's mom asked if we could make a bracelet that would look nice, that we could attach to a medical ID tag that had Lauren's information on it, so that it would be something that she'd be willing to wear. Sure. And so we did that thinking this was just a a friend, a, a, f- a favor for a friend. Right. And, and life would go on. And life would go mm-hmm. on. Yes, exactly. So we made her several bracelets that she could interchange with her medical ID tag. And and we went on our way and she went on hers. Well, she wore hers to a diabetes education meeting. And the other patients who were there saw this bracelet and just went nuts over it mm-hmm. and um, wanted to know where they could get one. And so she came back and told us, hey, I think, you know, maybe a thing that, you know, there were eight people in this group and they all wanted the number mm-hmm. where they could call to order one. And so that's when um, we went online thinking, come on now, someone's sure, out there doing exactly. that. Someone's right. doing this already. And so this was, you know, 2001, so the very early days of the Internet even mm-hmm. still. But no one was making these bracelets look nice. And so at that point I decided, hey, look, like this is where we've got to throw the focus. This, mm-hmm. is, this is a niche that's not being met. Right. And because you, you said, yeah, you said you were making mother's bracelets and you were doing that on the side. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even full time. And no, you were traveling around to different craft shows and so forth, if I recall. So that's this, right. This was your situation. Uh-huh. And you saw this, this other potential. 
potential. Okay. Exactly. So I just had this little, I was a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and uh, had a, a craft show business that I did with another stay-at-home mom, and we traveled around. You know, we were just a lark, you know, just playing around, trying mm-hmm. to make money. Even within that, though, every year, you know, try to do a few more shows, try right. to make a few more money, expand our line. So I have always been business-minded. Um, but then when we saw this niche, this was like a much more interesting and important niche. Absolutely. And so just decided to throw all the focus and, and attention to that. Mm-hmm. And it's been great. Yeah. So when you decided to throw the attention to that, uh, did you still think that it would remain small in part of your traveling to a different craft shows? Or did you really envision that this could take off, be a sole focus, and be the business that it is today? Did you see that long-term vision or have that long-term vision? Well, I'm not going to claim to be a visionary, I'll tell mm-hmm. you, because in a lot of ways the success of this company happened to us instead of because of us. There's a lot of accidental entrepreneurs out there. (laughs) Yes, this was a really happy accident the way that it happened. Mm -hmm. But I knew that um, just from the research, from the overwhelming response, and then the research to know that no one else was doing this, I I really knew that this was something that we could do nationally, and this would be... um, this business model would be much more conducive to a national rollout than our little local mm-hmm. craft show. Type right, that a lot of other people mm-hmm. were probably doing. Yeah. You know, so. But I'll be honest, because I was, uh, my kids were young and I was very child focused. I really thought that this would be a business that would cater to the needs of teenage girls and boys mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was so kid centric at yeah. that time. And we were so fortunate because we got some really great press right off the bat. We did. We the major did. press. Tell us about that. We were, <clears throat> we wrote press releases and we were in Woman's Day magazine and Family Circle. And this was in t- the summer of 2001. And, um, those are obviously women's magazines. But right. really, I'm thinking moms are going to see it and order it for sure. their daughters. But, but as something you just said, the summer of 2001, mm-hmm. you were getting this press. So literally just uh, a few months after you thought of the idea, you're getting national press right yes. away. Okay, go Yes, ahead. and it was because it was a new item. Obviously, these magazines and outlets are always looking for new things to write about. Mm-hmm. So I would say anyone who's got a new product or a service that's unique, you just write a press release and send it to magazines. You can get the address off the front of the magazine. Right. right. You look at the stand when you go to the stand. And that's what we did. And so we got this awesome press right off the bat. And women were not only ordering for their kids, like Mm -hmm. I thought, but they were ordering for themselves. Sure. And that was kind of an eye-opener. But obviously um, the focus in the beginning was for a girl with diabetes. We Mm -hmm. sell a lot of bracelets for diabetes. But we can, since we're doing our own engraving, obviously we right. can engrave any kind of medical information. Mm-hmm. And so the business has really expanded in the um, in our reach to different uh, target audiences. Yeah. Well, and that national press also got the attention of celebrity Halle Berry, yes, as, as I recall, and she did a lot of promotion, just kind of passively even wearing it to different she did. Um, interviews and and different photo shoots and so forth. So you never know. That's the one thing. Uh, As entrepreneurs, sometimes we sell ourselves short. Yes. I can't write to that magazine. They would never, you know, be interested in this. Well, why wouldn't they? So you are so right. You are so, and and I'm a big one for doing that too. Yeah. I tend to put stumbling blocks in my own way, like why would that person take my call or, you know, yes. why, why would they listen to me? But you have nothing to lose when mm-hmm. you're starting out like that. Right. And um, no one's going to know what you're doing if you don't tell them. You have to be your biggest advocate. So go big. Mm-hmm. Go big. What's the worst that can happen? The worst that right. would have happened is that we've sent this press release in and not heard back. 
Life yes. would have gone on. We would have done other things. Right. Matter of fact, we did do other things. We started contacting diabetes educators, mm-hmm. um, just kind of more on the ground, gorilla-type marketing. And so we were doing that, and then we got the great uh, national press, and Hallie got on board, and that was wonderful. And who would have known? Exactly. That's another instance where um, I, I needed a celebrity to get into In Style magazine, which was one of my goals. And they're very celebrity-driven. Yes. And I don't have celebrities on my Rolodex. So at that time, Hallie was talking about diabetes. And so I just went to her website, HallieWood.com, and hit the Contact Us button and wrote an email. For heaven's sake, <laughs> again. Not really just believable. send a message. Yeah, yeah just send a message. Mm-hmm. She's going to think that Hallie Berry's going to answer back, but she did. And yeah. the answer was, and it was her, it was her, um, the, the president of her fan club sure. is the one that answered. Mm-hmm. But they said, sure, Hallie will let you, here's the address, send the bracelets out. If she likes them, she'll let you use her name, but just send them first and let us see. Right. And we sent them, and she wrote back a lovely letter. Thank you so much. I think it's great. And she allowed us to use her name and her image wearing the bracelet. And she, like, I just, I always think, here's a lady who makes millions and millions of dollars right. advertising for Revlon and other companies, mm-hmm. and she's allowing us to use her name. Yes. What but, a beautiful, right. beautiful woman. Yes. But, you know, she, she's like all of us, susceptible to disease. And I believe she had just been diagnosed That's with right. diabetes, right? Yes. So, mm-hmm. very personal connection for her. Mm-hmm. Now, you had said that you had nothing to lose, that what could it hurt? What's the worst case scenario? You know, they might not call me back. Right. One thing that happens to a lot of businesses is that growth kills them. Mm-hmm. They aren't prepared for it, and it, it just overwhelms them. They make a lot of bad decisions. And so, really, that could have happened. Yes. And and so, how did you manage that growth from the one bracelet that mm-hmm. you started with to now you had all these orders coming in? How did you keep up with that because in some ways it was almost an overnight sensation. It really was. Um, in the beginning we had no employees and those two magazines precipitated me contacting two of my neighbors who were stay-at-home at the time mm-hmm. and, and uh, asked them to come over and help and they came over and helped and they helped for a week and then Friday came, do you think we need us, do you think you need us next week? I think we do. And then it was next month and it's like, okay, kids, we got, we have a company here, like we've got a, grow, right. a growing venture. Yeah. First you probably thought, oh, once the publicity passes, maybe we won't need uh, as mm-hmm. much help, but it was sustainable. It was sustainable, mm-hmm. yes, because that press led to more press. And then again, with us going after diabetes educators as aggressively yes. as we did, we were, we were, uh, holding the the, um, volume of orders and and continuing to grow. But we had something kind of crazy. That went on for uh, about a year and a half. And then we were in People Magazine in 2002. Mm. That was huge. Of course it's huge. Huge. That was huge. Um, And that's an example of how the growth could have killed us because our volume of business just – it was just off the charts compared to what the flow that we were used to handling. Right. And so there was a lot of scrambling. You know, when you when you have a small business, you do what you do when you need people. You just start grabbing bodies. Mm-hmm. And that's what we mm-hmm. were doing. Anyone, kids after school. Were you still hand-making these at the time? Yes. Okay. And it, were, in your, were you still in your home at the uh-huh. time? Okay. Yes. I just wanted to make sure I understood the environment. So. Yes. So I am yeah. super financially conservative. I'm mm-hmm. always going to do things the least expensive way I can figure out to do it. And so we stayed home as long as we could. We were home for five years, stayed a home-based business for five years. So we were working out of the basement at that time and um, hired other women who were available during the day. There's one particular lady. Her husband wasn't working at the time. He came over and helped us. 
And but everything was so laborious and uh, tedious because it was all handmade jewelry. We we still do handmade jewelry, but we've expanded our line now. Right. <laughs> to handle the growth of business, we had to get away from as much handwork as mm-hmm. we were doing. You actually started a new line, as I recall, mm-hmm. uh, that was it, it's a less expensive line. Yeah. And uh, tell us about why you introduced that. You bet. Well. Um, as many small business owners know, if you have a good idea, you're going to get knocked off. And that happened to Lauren's Hope. And because what we were doing was beaded jewelry, and frankly, a lot of people can make beaded jewelry. Mm-hmm. There's not, you know, it's not a high threshold to, to get into that business. Um, we were knocked off several times. And so I knew that there was a market for a product that was less expensive than the Lauren Toe product because mm-hmm. we use sterling silver and 14 karat gold. We use good components because we build our jewelry to last. Okay. It's not a piece of inexpensive fashion costume jewelry. Our people need it to last. So as a result, it was, you know, our product started at about 40 and went up. But I knew there was a market for a less expensive version. Mm-hmm. So I just decided to knock myself off. Everyone else was doing it. <laughs> why, can't, why can't I do it? So I knocked myself off and formed the second company. That company is named Fashion Alert. Mm-hmm. And we started marketing that to um, wholesalers. Or to resellers, right. excuse me. So right. we would wholesale this product, and we sold it to uh, we sell to gift shops, hospital gift shops, diabetes um, uh, education centers. Uh, uh, oh gosh, excuse me, my mind went blank here. Um, breast cancer appearance. Mm-hmm. Anyway, pharmacies, durable right. medical equipment stores. Sure. So uh, that and so now Fashion Alert acts as our wholesale arm mm-hmm. of the of the overall Lawrence Hope branch. Okay, so you went from the one bracelet to how many customers do you have today? Oh, gosh, we have uh, in excess of 400,000 customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, that's just amazing. It's so exciting. Yeah. And you are out of your home now. Oh, yes, yeah, <laughs> we moved out of our home in 2005, thank goodness, and now we're about to bust out of our existing space that we're in. Yeah, in Riverside, Missouri. Uh-huh. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to hear more of Leanne's story. We're also going to talk with her daughter a bit about what it's like to work for mom now and what she thought of mom when all those people were in the house every weekend making all these bracelets so uh, stay tuned you're progressing in your career but at a pace that feels slow you're ready to make great strides and invest in yourself with your work and home schedule how do you accomplish this the Executive MBA program at Benedictine College, Kansas City's only one-year Executive MBA program, is the answer. The competency gained and character built are outcomes that are of immediate and future value regardless of your future path. Go to benedictine.edu slash EMBA. People ask me all the time, what does it take to be successful? Whether it's your personal or your professional life, success always comes from within. I'm Devon Plumberg and I'm your host for Divine Leverage, Success from the Inside Out. We'll have powerful topics, we'll have provocative thoughts, and we'll have even more practical tips to build your success. So join me at noon Central Time every Tuesday on Blog Talk Radio, Smart Company, Thinking Bigger Radio Network, for Divine Leverage, Success from the Inside Out. morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here today with Leanne Carlson, the founder of Lawrence Hope Medical ID, and her daughter, Lauren Carlson, is also in the studio with us as well. 
I'd just like to know what was going through your head. You're working with your mom now, yes. right? Yes. What was going through your head in those early days? You were it must have been a very small, yes. and these people keep coming in and taking over your house, this place where you live, and invite your friends over, and right. you have a production line set up. Mm-hmm. What, what did you think of all that? I mean, I think that people started kind of moving into the house when I was around six years old, mm-hmm. or seven. So, honestly, I loved it. Like, I definitely wanted to be involved. I remember thinking it was so cool that there were people in my basement, like, that I could hang out with all the time. And um, kind of watching my mom start this business was really exciting. I I still find myself, like, I'm 21, and Mm -hmm. I'm still a student, and I, of course, work for my mom. And I still find myself kind of looking around and thinking, wow, this really happened. Like, this is a really cool thing. But I loved having people in my house. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was good. Well, has that influenced you to perhaps start your own business someday? What kind of a impact career-wise has that had on your, you don't not know yet? I think I'm still figuring it out. I, I definitely can't imagine starting my own business because I love Lauren Tope so much. <laughs> I don't know how that would ever work, but uh-huh. I love Lauren Tope so much I can't imagine ever wanting to do anything else. I, I'm Right now, I'm just trying to figure out exactly what my role in the company is and where mm-hmm. I best fit in, but um, luckily, having worked for my mom, I'm extremely lucky that I've got to kind of move around the business and learn a lot of different aspects and kind of whatever I wanted to learn. Right. So that's really helped me a lot. And I think that's... Well, you, you've grown up with the business. It's yeah. in your blood. You feel mm-hmm. it. You live it. You breathe it just like your mother does. Yeah. And And there's just not any kind of um, school that can really teach no. you that. Seriously, not at all. No, not. really. Yeah. I Like I said, I'm a student, so mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time at school, and every minute I'm at school, I'm thinking, why am I not at work right now? Like, my mom is the best professor I could ever have. She's an intuitively smart business person, and mm-hmm. that's something you don't learn at business school. No, and, and all of the contacts that you make mm-hmm. by working in the business with your mom oh, yeah. and going to business events. I assume you go to some business events yeah. with her, too, mm-hmm. and, and that is valuable, those kinds of contacts in in the business community. So let's talk, that's all of the wonderful things that Mm -hmm. come with working within a family. And what are some of the challenges? Are there different, in the dynamic, are there different things that you've had to make adjustments for or things that um, perhaps... Okay, for example, in, when you're we're in high school, you know, not always the best years for just mothers and daughters in general. I have two daughters too, sure. and so uh, and now you're working with your mm-hmm. mom too. So so how did how did you guys work through that? And Lauren or Leanne, if you want to jump in here too, that's great. But but how how did how did you keep the relationship going even sometimes during perhaps the, the rougher times? Sure, sure. <laughs> um, luckily, I'm extremely blessed in that my mm-hmm. mom and I are best friends, and mm-hmm. I also work with my sister, and my sister and I are best friends. So. We all get along, I'd say, 99% of the time. Yeah. But, of course, we're family, and we have disagreements, or we have an argument, or somebody mm-hmm. said something that hurts someone's feelings at Sunday supper, and Monday we go to work together. <laughs> so <laughs> things like that. Um, but I think we try to give each other some space and then just yeah. circle back around to it. I think that's honestly probably the best thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very, very important. It's true. We come from a strong, long line, or a long line of strong women. Okay. <laughs> and so we all have very strong personalities. For the most part, we get along great and we work together really well. But we do argue or we do get a little crossways with each other. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we are busy enough in the office where we can 
kind of go away and do our own thing and spend a couple of days before we need to come back together for something. So right. we work it out. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's similar to a lot of the other family businesses that I talk to. You have to give each other space. Mm-hmm. And, uh, turn it off when you go home. Do you guys do that? Or no. still talk about the business? <laughs> <laughs> no. Sometimes uh, I remember somebody telling me, you just need to separate work and home. And I'm thinking, you can't do that. My work is my home. Done. My home is my yeah. work. You can't really right. separate it. But yeah. it's 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 great. We get along 99, like she said, 99% of the time. So you said you've had the benefit of being able to rotate throughout the business through mm-hmm. the different aspects of it. What are you doing now? Right now I'm kind of working mostly as Leanne's assistant, mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to absorb any knowledge that I can get off of her, um, kind of going with her and attending as many events as I can or just learning more about what she does because she right. does so many different things mm-hmm. in a day. But I'm loving kind of being her little Sponge that you can yeah, soak like up a, everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. a sponge. I'm learning so much, and it's really fun. But I basically my main focus is really just trying to figure out exactly what she does and um, helping her as much as I can. Yeah. Well, uh, Leanne, one of the things that you have said is that your bracelets aren't just another fashion item. Right. That there's much more to them, and that they speak to a greater need. Mm-hmm. Obviously, your daughter understands that, and she has the passion. Yeah. But but what do you, what do you mean by that? And um, they 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 are very fashionable, and that's what makes them attractive. But they they're saving lives. They absolutely are, and that's what that's why I think um, both my daughters, Jenna, uh, my other daughter, also works in the business. She's my director of marketing and e-commerce, but. Why why we are all so passionate about what we do is we're not just we're making beautiful jewelry, that's true, but our jewelry has a higher purpose. Our jewelry protects people mm-hmm. in in situations when they cannot protect themselves. So our particular customer base, um, because of their health issues, they sometimes get into situations where they can't speak. Yes. Whether it be a low blood sugar event or an anaphylactic reaction or a seizure, any number of of uh things can happen to our customers where um, they cannot speak for themselves, in which case the the necklace or the bracelet that they're wearing that has their vital info on it can literally help to save their life. And that's our customers are so dear to us because of that. We we you know, they're a little bit vulnerable in a way and we hear their stories when they call and place their orders or put mm-hmm. notes in when they're placing online. We feel very um sympathetic and loving toward our customers almost. Right, right. But and we hear back from our customers, which just about ask about that, about a, a time where the bracelet saved them and you hear the details oh, yeah. of the circumstances. Yes. And I think yeah. it's so beautiful that a customer will sit down. We get emails and we get calls, but we also get letters. And the fact that someone will sit down and write a letter to a company amazes me. But um, they give us specific instances. Uh, I'm thinking of a lady who was at a grocery store who mm-hmm. her blood sugar dropped very rapidly, and she passed out. And because she had a bracelet that um, noted that she had diabetes, she was able to get what she needed right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get stories like this every week. And, yeah. and it's, it's awesome. It's just so validating. It's like it just I just know this company was meant to be. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to digress here just a little bit. You hear conflicting pieces of advice as an entrepreneur. There's a lot of workshops out there, a lot of articles written, a lot of mentors that tell you different things. And and there is a, uh, I guess, a conflict or a discrepancy in some of the advice, and that is go to, the, you know, don't worry about the passion. Uh, you, you need a business that can make you money. 
and and focus on the financials. That's the thing that you really have to keep your head around. Is the thing. Well, of course you have to keep your head around the financials, but I personally cannot imagine getting up and going to work every day just for a business that's writing me a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that deeper need that you just described. Oh, absolutely. I, I just don't think you can discount it as an entrepreneur that keeps you going. No, I think it's that. I think it's the love for your business, your customers, mm-hmm. your purpose. That keeps entrepreneurs going where they are talking about their business on Thanksgiving and Christmas and nights and weekends <laughs> and with their family and everyone, you know, you get the little, it, it's just, it's just what drives you. It's what mm-hmm. drives me. And I never think about the money. Like the money comes. I almost think about my business almost like a sport. How so? Um, I make a move or we make a decision or we try a tactic and it works or it doesn't. But I never think about the, like, I never think of my business like you no know, so much in dollars and cents. It's almost like I'm winning or I'm losing. This move took me down the field. Mm-hmm. This move did nothing. This move took me backwards. Right. The money comes uh, because we're making these good moves. Right. And because we always try to keep the ultimate goal, which is providing our customers with a product that they will want to wear at a price that they can afford, the customers will come. My business, there's no shortage of potential customers. There are 26 million Americans with diabetes alone. I was alone. going to ask about the size of the industry. So you have about 400,000 of mm-hmm. them, but just with the one, the diabetes, 26 million? 26 million Americans wow. have been diagnosed, and it's estimated there's another 10 million that haven't been diagnosed yet. Over heaven's sake. So there's no shortage of potential customers mm-hmm. for me. What drives me is how do we get that other 25.5 million people right. to hear about our company? Because if you see our products and you hear about us, you're going to want you're going to mm-hmm. want what we offer. Right. We offer great stuff. So that's the drive is just always expanding our reach to more people. And I know that your other daughter is the one who uh-huh. does, handles all the marketing. Yes. But how? what are some of the things that you're putting into play that is helping you to extend that reach? Well, um, with all online companies, search engine optimization is key. She mm-hmm. came in and she identified that our company had not been optimized as well as it should have been for a number of years. And she took care of that. She implemented those changes. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we partner with bloggers. We try. We are at the point now where we oh, are. I could see that strategy, sure. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, if you're blogging about diabetes and you do a product review on Lawrence Hope, now, you've, now we've uh, introduced our product to those readers. Mm-hmm. And so we do a lot of that, just trying to put together some strategic partnerships Technology is what, you know, we're all heading toward technology. Right. We all of our, we're all in the technology business these days, we are. no matter what we do. And, yeah. I, and I no would say whether I want to or not, because I'm not, I'm not a technology girl. <laughs> right. But uh, now it's about incorporating technology with medical IDs and storing mm-hmm. your information on a cloud as opposed to necessarily engraving everything on the True. bracelet. Yeah. So there will always be a need for both. Um, and we want to get more involved in the technology. And mm-hmm. So speaking of technology, how do you see advancements in medical, uh, you know, with diseases and, and so forth playing into your future? Well, with the introduction of the products like the Fitbit, mm-hmm. where it tracks your activity, um, and there are apps that track that sort of activity, it seems a natural uh, fit for us to determine how our medical ID bracelets can play into that okay. and help keep track of people's um 
you know, blood sugar or heart heart rate, pertinent medical information. Exactly. Tying in with those companies. Yeah. And even even though uh, medical advancements in terms of the disease itself allowing people to live longer, mm-hmm. but do you see that uh, giving you a bigger audience because they're gonna they can live longer, but they're still gonna have to have all of that. They really do. Yeah. yeah. This is mm-hmm. an aging community. Right. Um, the baby boomers, you know, are, are upon us, and mm-hmm. so as people are living longer and healthier. Um, they want to they want to stay at home longer. That um, gives a perfect opportunity for us to provide more medical ID jewelry, um, particularly thinking about the type that holds information on the cloud, so yes. that an adult child can monitor mom's medical health because she can read what's point. going on on the cloud. Mm-hmm. And also um, bracelets with GPS technology. For oh. the aging community is yeah. really important. Yeah, all kinds of different directions you can go. Uh-huh. If anyone would be interested in finding out more about these bracelets, where would they go? Oh, please go to www.laurenshope.com, and you can view our complete line there. Okay. It's been wonderful having both of you on the show today. Amazing story. You're doing lots of great things. Thank Keep you. Thanks, Kelly. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit us at www.ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.